today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Cash and Carry Kitchens. At the heart of Irish homes for over 40 years. Cashandcarrykitchens.ie Email todaycb at rte.ie there's been a sharp increase in the number of parents in Ireland cutting back on their own food in order to make sure that their children have enough to eat. 41% of parents, that's an increase of 12% on the year before, told researchers from children's charity Bernardo's that they skipped meals or cut back on their own portion sizes to give more to their children. And almost a quarter of parents have had to borrow money to feed a child in the last year. Well, our reporter Brian O'Connell has been speaking to parents in the Knocknaheeny area of Cork to talk about rising food costs and family budgets. Like I used to get the butter, it used to be 99 cents and now it's 119. 119. Because mm. like even with the heating as well, yeah. you're kind of afraid to turn it on. Mm-hmm. I used to put it on for the grandson now because he comes into mine for school mm-hmm. and I used to put it on to heat up his So when your grandson would come in, you'd, you'd put on the heating? Yeah, yeah. for a half yeah. hour in the mornings, but I'm half afraid now. Yeah. Unless it's very, very cold, I'll have to. But the price of things, I'm telling you now, even yeah. the water, I used to get the water from and it was uh, 45 cent or something and then it went up to 59. Just 10 or 20, 30 euro on to bill at the end of the week. And what do you notice with parents around you, maybe in your own family? They're having to make decisions, I'd imagine. Oh, they are, of course. Yeah, yeah. You'd kind of like have to cut out things. The daughter's small fell, now he's autistic. And he needs like kind of McDonald's nuggets and things, but she can't. Yeah. Sure what they're working for is gone. She can't cope. The nappies, even the food, maybe milk. Like butter has really increased and. Most goods, really. And do you notice, because I saw a survey coming out today which shows that parents are having to make choices, they're having mm-hmm. to cut back on certain things that they might not have had to consider before. Um, so I wouldn't uh, cut back on food, you know, healthy foods, and but certainly social sort of uh, events and outings, going out or going to the cinema or going to eat out. What about clothing? Yeah, no, definitely I would think twice. I'm a lot more conscious about what's in the fridge and presses and, you know, eating things before the expiry date. There's an extra hundred sure I did onto my shopping. <laughs> an extra hundred a week? Yeah. The toilet rolls now and the kitchen rolls and just the cleaning products, for instance, like the necessities that you have to have in the house, like. So how do you afford that hundred euro extra a week? What are you cutting back? I suppose it's less money to like go on holidays and things like that like or bring the kids out at the weekends you know, so you activities to, with yeah, the kids yeah you have yeah. to cut back on that sense of things like but yeah like you can't cut back on food like and like that now is like I find with my shopping when I buy like fresh fruit and fresh fresh meat and things like that it adds way, way more than buying the processed foods like so Parents talking to Brian O'Connell there in Knocknaheeny in Cork. Well, I'm joined in the studio now by Suzanne Connolly, who's CEO of Bernardo's. You're very welcome. Thank you for joining us. So this survey, it was a thousand parents. It was yourselves and Aldi came together to to run this survey. And the overall picture, would you agree, is of more and more parents just being worried at some level about making ends meet on a very basic level. Absolutely. The findings are really stark and they're quite heartbreaking to think that in an Ireland of today where we're a wealthy country, that there are so many parents really struggling to put food on the table for their children. And some parents would say that they've cut back on medical bills, like 25 percent have cut back on medical bills, 30 percent on other household costs. 
And we, owe, we know it's only 29% of parents who aren't worried at all. So most parents out there today listening are worried about the cost of food and how to make ends meet mm-hmm. in their family home. And what do you think is happening? Because we know that energy bills have eased a little bit and there has been some state help there as well. So what is causing the, the increase? Because there has been a sharp increase on the number of people needing to borrow money to make ends meet. And also this 41% of parents who are skipping meals themselves or cutting back on food themselves in order to, to feed their children. That's up by 12%. Exactly. I think we all know that the price of food has gone up. We all know going to the supermarket when we do our weekly shop that it's increased. It's just that that increase is stark for families living on fixed income or or on less income than some of us are able to enjoy. And in Bernardo's, it breaks our heart to think that parents who have a lot to do being a parent have to worry then, have the anxiety and the stress of thinking, can I afford to feed myself well because generally parents as we heard today parents will always put their children first of course they will but they're worried themselves about just the capacity to have that nice relaxing meal with their children without worrying about how much food is being eaten and what we're calling for in Bernardo's is for the government to really take this on board they have in, pre- in budgets done something in terms of once-off costs universally and that's been welcomed but they need to target it more they also need to publish a food and security plan which targets specific measures which will make a difference to families today in Ireland. Yeah, because the Minister for Finance was asked about this this morning. In the last few minutes, in fact, he was going into the Cabinet meeting and he said that while he doesn't doubt the figures, he spoke about uh, community welfare officers and he said he's surprised that there hasn't been more of an increase in people seeking help from those community welfare officers who can make additional payments above and beyond someone's core weekly payments when there is general, genuine need. What would you say to that, that, that he's wondering why we see these figures on the one hand and then we're not seeing a corresponding increase in the number of people seeking help? Well, our experience in Bernardo's is that, yes, people do go to the community welfare officers to seek a special need or an additional needs payment, but it takes a long time to get that sometimes. So that's why it's one of our recommendations. We're asking those decisions can be made more quickly. I mean, the reality is that that organisations like Bernardo's do help families. So they'll come to us for food vouchers. We have um, dry goods available in all of our centres, which the government does supply through the Department of Social Protection and families will come for those for those goods as well. We try and do it as subtly and as accessibly as possible. But for us, and listening to what the Minister said, this is the reality. I mean, this is what families have told Coin research is part of a national representative sample. So he may not like what he's hearing, but this is this is the position mm-hmm. for, for families. Mm-hmm. And you're also seeing, and I mentioned this earlier, there's an increase in families who are borrowing for the basics. That's a concern because that is not a problem this week. That's a problem going into next week and the week after. Exactly. It's, it's increasing debt and, and with debt comes anxiety. And I think what we're saying is that the government... Has, has choices and it just needs to think about the best way to spend the resources available to benefit children and parents. And we recognise that there, there's a lot of demands on, on the public purse, mm-hmm. but there's nothing more basic than, than having decent and nutritious food every day for children and their parents. It's a basic in, in society. 
And that's what we, we say to the government they need to really pay attention to. What, what is happening on that front when it comes to nutritious food? Because you would imagine if you're struggling to pay the bills that maybe you're, you're opting for cheaper food. Are you seeing that in this survey? Well, it was interesting because what parents said in the survey was they were very conscious of the need for nutritious food and they, they wanted to, to cook you know, from fresh. And of course, every parent wants to do that. But the everyday, that can be actually quite difficult, depending on whether fresh, nutritious food is accessible, first of all, and then again, it's affordable. So I suppose what we would say is it's really important that we we continue to to ensure that there is that fresh food available at relatively cheap prices. Mm -hmm. But also, if you think about it, if you're very stressed and worried, it takes a lot of effort to actually cook and prepare a meal. Accessibility is important as well, because if you don't have a car, you can't get to the the big retail um, shop that will have affordable, fresh food. That's absolutely the case. And and what we would sometimes do in Bernardo's is that we would help people by doing the shop for them. You know, because particularly if you're a parent on your own with quite a few children, you know, the idea of going to the shop, even if you were able to get to the shop, you probably don't run a car. Of course, you can't afford to run a car. But even trying to get there, you can't go by public transport with trying to, you know, have your your, your young children on tow. I mean, that's just far too stressful. So we would help out where we can in, in that regard. Mm. But I suppose what's what's most important, this is the third of this, is the third year in a row that we've done this research with Aldi that we really want the government to to continue to do the good things they've been doing in terms of the rollout of school meals at primary. That is fantastic news. That should now be rolled out at secondary school level as well. But also attention needs to be paid to what happens out of school time, what happens in the school holidays. And can we think of ways of piloting ways in local communities where we can have food available relatively easily in a non-stigmatising, accessible way, maybe through local play schemes or summer play schemes? Well, that debate was had in the UK, wasn't it? People will remember it was very high profile for a time. What happens when you have a hot meal in school, school finishes for the holidays and there is a gap there? So you're saying there has to be a way to do that that is not stigmatising for that family. Exactly. What does that look like? Well, I'm thinking... Um, of, you know, sport is very popular in Ireland today. A lot of children play sport during the, during the summer breaks or they might be part of play schemes. Think of ways in which food is part of that. So you could just, if you think about it, you could have a big pot of whatever chilli con carne available. It doesn't have to be very expensive. It just has, to, there has to be a degree of planning associated with it. And the other thing we, that we know about food and and nurturing food, we know this from our, from our our after school clubs and breakfast clubs in Bernardo's. It's such a sense of joy for children and nourishment when in every sense of the word when they get hot hot good food. You know you need it not just for your physical development, but you need it for your social, your emotional, your sense of well being. So it's just, it's a basic essential in society. What what difference are you seeing that the hot school meal is making at primary level? Well, I just think the children, first of all, love getting hot food. Who <laughs> and nice. Now it's important that it's tasty. Remember, children can be quite fussy. I mean, I certainly know from our own centres in Bernardo's in our early years. Like when you walk into the centre, the smell can make such a difference, you know. And the children know they they know what's on the menu, you know, and they have they have their favourites, like their you know it's, it could be the roast potato. But also what we're doing in Bernardo's, and we'd hope this would also happen in 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 the hot school meals as well. Is you're introducing you know, very healthy food to children as well. Maybe small amounts, because some children we know don't 
have exposure to very healthy food sometimes because mm-hmm. there's too much restriction at home. Yeah, there, there is talk of, a, of there being quite a bit of waste around the hot school meal programme in some schools because it is available for everybody and they might say, well, I don't want a, a hot meal or I don't want that particular food so I have my food from, from home. Are you concerned about that at all or is the priority for you that the children who are not getting the hot meal at home are getting it? Absolutely, the priority is the children who aren't getting the food at home get it. But I'd also suggest let's let's put it back to the people who are making the food, make it more attractive for the children. Mm. And you want that extended into post-primary. Why is is that a, a, the next step, do you think? Be- be- well, because we know, first of all, that, that as young people grow, they become more and more in their appetite increases. So we think it's really important that, it, that it's, it's available to children to have it. And by the way, in some jurisdictions in Europe, this is just a norm. You know, the children get really good food as part of daily school life. And you think about it, what children are trying to achieve during those hours at school, their brains need nurturing. Mm-hmm. And that's and food is a key p- part of that. So what we're seeing in this, just to come back really full circle, is the situation is disimproving for, for families, despite the state intervention. So what does that tell us about the moves that the state is making? Are they simply not targeted enough? I would agree that they aren't targeted enough. And I also recognise it's quite hard to think the best way of targeting. And particularly since we know that it was only 29% of parents who didn't worry about food. So that could be the way the government could come back and say, how do you target? So I think they need to think about, obviously, the, the ways in which the different types of social welfare um, operate in relation to each other. Bernard's, along with others in the sector, have talked about increasing the qualified child allowance um, because if you increase that by a few more euro, that will make a difference to families who, who are living with limited means. So there are quite a few organisations telling the government what they need to do. And it's now up to the government to act on that. Mm-hmm. There's another softer impact of all of this. And people mightn't think this is important. But if you're cutting back on the activities for your child, if you're cutting back on the nice thing that you might do on a Saturday or Sunday, that has a big impact on a child's life. Of course it does. I mean, 21% um, of parents were saying that's what they need to do. And so some of us will just take for granted that we can afford the the nice little treat for the child, the nice little family out, you know, get together, you know, just getting ice cream. Maybe you might get a takeaway or something. But some families can't do that. And particularly things that that if you don't live near those amenities which are available freely, like a very good park, like you can't bring your child into town because you can't afford Mm -hmm. the, you know, the the costs of the transport. Yeah, Katrina O'Sullivan makes the point in her book that a lot of things were cut back after the crash and they haven't come back yet. Programmes in areas that really have problems and that those children just don't have access. And we were talking about swimming lessons on the programme yeah. yesterday. I mean, there's a case in point. You're not going to be able to afford a swimming lesson if you're having to cut back on food in your house. With, exactly. Of course you can't. And a lot of things that are that are provided through the school do incur, incur an extra cost for a parent. And then can you imagine the parent who has to say to your child, I'm sorry, lovey, I can't actually afford to give that to mm-hmm. you. Or what you might do is try and avoid the conversation because you feel a bit, you know, ashamed or embarrassed about it. I mean, no parent should be put in that position. And indeed, no child should be put in a position that they can't avail of things their peers have because their parents just can't afford it. I know some schools are great in that they will no. say to parents, if you can't afford it, let us, let us know quietly. And they're probably getting help from organisations like your own to try and fill that gap, right? Absolutely. And... And it's really important to recognise that, that some schools are really sensitive in that regard. 
and they know their their job is ensuring that every child, irrespective of their means or their family means, has the same experience in school. And why would they want any child not to have the same opportunities as a little girl next to them? So I think that's fantastic when schools do that. Suzanne, thank you very much for coming in. That's Suzanne Connolly, who's CEO of Bernardo's. Now, coming up next on the programme, a European Parliament crunch vote later this morning on the nature restoration law. We're going to hear from Strasbourg next. Text 51551. Today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1.